The Dialogue with Clement Mania-Taylor. It's not just another roundtable discussion. Let's walk the talk on 702. So, on our Thursday Dialogue this morning, we are discussing the MK party and to what extent it's somehow going to be an upset um, in the upcoming elections. Is it really a real threat for the ANC? What do you think? Do you think the MK party's creation has somehow marked a change in the balance of power in, in KwaZulu-Natal? I mean, it's been one of the most talked about parties in the run-up to the 2024 elections. In fact, according to the public policy think tank, the Social Research Foundation, the MK party may slash the ANC's electoral support in KwaZulu-Natal by half. I didn't see that coming. Uh, the poll has found that in the case of a 66% turnout, the MK party could win 24% of votes in KwaZulu-Natal. 24%. While the ANC is projected at 25%, the DA, 15%, the IFP, 24%, uh, the EFF, 5%, and other parties, 6%. And remember in 2019, the ANC already received 54.2% of the votes in the province, and that was down from the 64.5% um, in 2014. So KwaZulu-Natal is going to be a serious battleground. The second highest number of registered voters are there in KwaZulu-Natal after Gauteng. And I guess that's why the EFF launched their manifesto there in KwaZulu-Natal last weekend. The ANC next weekend are also heading to uh, KwaZulu-Natal to, hon- to launch their own election manifesto. So give me your thoughts about the MK party and the kind of impact you think this is going to have on the electoral electoral support of the ANC um, and the EFF. Are we going to see the ANC humbling itself here after the elections? Because they're going to need a coalition partner in KwaZulu-Natal and going to the MK party, to the former president and saying, can we work together? It's going to be fascinating. 011-883- 0702. That's the number to dial. Uh, the WhatsApp line is 072-702-1702. The Dialogue with Clement Maniatella. It's not just another roundtable discussion. Let's walk the talk on 702. All right, let me introduce my guest. Lukon Amguni is a political analyst who's joining us for this conversation. Lukon, thank you for making time, man. Good morning. Well, it's a pleasure, my brother Clement. Uh, good morning to you and good morning to the listeners of 702. And we are also joined by Gabriel Megan, who is the associate, an associate um, at the Social Research Foundation. Gabriel, thank you so much for also joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Thank you so much for having me on. I want us to, to, to kick it off by looking at what your survey has found, uh, Gabriel, what, what did you find about the MK party and the kind of support that they have in KwaZulu-Natal? So, um, in brief, we did a survey of about 820 registered voters in KwaZulu-Natal, which gives us a margin of error of 5%, which means that when I'm citing numbers at you now, uh, the numbers could be 5% higher or 5% lower, but we're mm. pretty sure they're in that band. And so we found that um, 
As you mentioned, the MK party is sitting at about 24%, the ANC at 25%, IFP at 24%, and the DA at 15%. But what is so fascinating about the MK party's result, the fact that it has 24%, is that in September of last year, we conducted a, a, a much bigger survey of KZN that was with just over 2,400 registered voters in KwaZulu-Natal. And when we asked the same question, which is if general elections were taking place today, which party would you vote for? The ANC in September of last year was polling above 40%. So they've dropped from above 40% into the mid-20s or below. And the only explanation that we have for why that drop-off, that significant drop-off has occurred is the introduction of the MK party. Hmm. That's that's so fascinating. So is it eating into like what the ANC support or the EFFs or the IFP support or are these because the ANC argues the ANC in KwaZulu-Natal that well we still have our strong support. It's not necessarily we're still like retaining some wards when you look at the uh, when you look at the by-elections. So I think it's primarily eating into uh, the ANC and KwaZulu-Natal's vote share. Um, and there's a number of reasons why I can make, uh, I would make that assertion. The primary one being that uh, when looking at and comparing this survey to September's survey, the only party that has seen such a significant decline in numbers in, with the rise of the MK party has been the ANC. I mean, the IFP dropped a couple of percentage points, the DA dropped a couple of percentage points, and the EFF dropped a couple of percentage points, mm. all of which seem to have been scooped up by MK. But primarily, it's the the 16 plus percent that the ANC has lost since September, which is going into the MK's 24 percent. Mm-hmm. And so we just had a, a kind of rough estimate, probably 75 percent of the supporters for MK are coming from the ANC, according to the numbers that we have. Mm. Lukona, how much of a threat is this party to the ANC, particularly in, in KwaZulu-Natal? Are we likely to see a change in, in the balance of power in KZN? Well, Clement, uh, if you say balance of change in KZN, uh, balance of change in power in KZN, you are likely to see a balance of change in power nationally. So I think this is not just a, a, a KZN uh, issue. Uh, any political organization since 1994 that has left the ANC with a sense of leaving it uh, with people who command some respect with uh, regional leaders and local leaders who either are in the structures of the ANC or were freshly in the structures of the ANC, such as branches, uh, zones, and, 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 and regional executive committees, will forever be a threat in the ANC. Effectively, this is the fourth party after the UDM, COPE, and the EFF mm, uh, mm. to find its roots um, inside the ANC and move out. So... And, and those parties, we can always track and trace what dent did they do to the ANC ahead of, ahead of, ahead of an election. So no doubt, Clement, uh, this is definitely going to, uh, be a party to watch in KZN and, uh, the proof is in the results. Uh, 
I mean, if you look at the by-election in Opongolo yesterday, mm. um, MK party coming in quite uh, uh, respectful there. And I mean, just uh, not long ago, they were in another by-election uh, in KZN where they got about 19% of the vote in that by-election. What is interesting, though, is whether or not MK is going to effectively try and understand where its target market is and do voter market segmentation in KZN uh, because there was another by-election in Newcastle in Osiswini where the MK did not field a candidate. So that is quite curious uh, because it means that there may well be a corridor where MK believes it's going to garner the majority of its support within KZN and then that will also determine to your question uh, whose support they will really eat into and it's most likely going primarily be ANC's support to an extent some support from the IFP uh, but the IFP uh, maybe where M is not strong will continue to surge and grow because in the Newcastle by-election uh, the IFP grew uh, to displace ANC in that ward. Uh, so, so, so there's an interesting dynamic that's going to develop in terms of uh, whether we see market segmentation of KZN. But I think MK uh, Clement has also been doing a lot of work trying to position itself as a party that extends just uh, beyond the borders of KwaZulu-Natal. If you look at uh, former President Jacob Zuma's political program, um, he's in Gauteng quite a lot. He yeah. made the announcement in Soweto. Mm-hmm. He was in Alex. Uh, he was in Alex last weekend. Mm. Uh, he will be in the Val on the 17th uh, of, of, of February. And then there are some, you know, visits that are done in pockets of Mbumalanga, in pockets of Limpopo, in pockets of the Northwest. And I see that, uh, in fact, he will be in my hometown of Flagstaff in the Eastern Cape on mm. the 18th of February. Uh, so they are clearly uh, looking and tapping into some pockets of support outside of KZN, which then must make us uh, say if indeed uh, the, I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, Gabriel will forgive me, uh, in research terms, I call it quick and dirty uh, survey that they've done, uh, which is quite helpful as a dipstick into KZN, um, if it holds true, then the question that we must ask um, is that uh, if MK, in that sense, would garner, would have garnered almost about over 550,000 votes uh, for them to sit there, uh, what would it mean then if they picked up another, uh, you know, number of votes that are credible in the pockets that I've mentioned across the pro- different provinces, and what kind of a player uh, would it turn them into uh, national? they were to have about 800,000, 900,000 votes as a party. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be so fascinating. Do they go into a coalition with the IFP or do they choose the ANC? I mean, what do you think? Let me ask this first, in fact, Lukon. What do you think the ANC, is there anything the ANC can do to try and somehow regain that quote-unquote lost ground um, in KwaZulu-Natal. I know they've been sending their heavyweights there in KwaZulu-Natal for campaigning, but has has the ship sailed or is there more the ANC can do here to try and, and convince people in KwaZulu-Natal that that's not where you want to go? This is the party you still want to vote for. So Clement, um, if we go back to 1994, traditionally KwaZulu-Natal is a province of, oppo- of political opportunities. Mm. Um, it's the only province where power has turned hands uh, so many times 
either provincially and at local government. I mean, you'll remember the NFP came into the scene in 2011, hung almost 20, 21 municipalities locally and in district level, and went into a coalition with the ANC. The ANC first won an outright majority in KwaZulu-Natal in 2009. So that's 15 years into the democratic dispensation. And then 15 years later, it seems as if KwaZulu-Natal is going back to, uh, you know, a default position where um, there's no single party that wins a majority. Now, that indicator was there long before former President Jacob Zuma announced his campaigning for Mkondo. Because by the time he announced his campaigning for Mkondo, Mkondo was a registered political party already by September or so. So the point, the point really is, I think uh, the, the, the vote in KZN is much more flexible and mobile as people would, would, would love to believe. And therefore, uh, if people have lost confidence in the ANC, and then, of course, they are now also fueled by internal reactions uh, to move away from the ANC, there are still clear sympathizers who might have voted for the ANC because former President Jacob Zuma was the president of the ANC and he was from KwaZulu-Natal. And now they sympathize with his lot uh, when he has now moved out of the ANC in terms of campaigning for it. It might well be that uh, there's very little uh, mm-hmm. that the ANC can do because the ANC has also been shedding ground in KwaZulu-Natal, particularly in its traditional bases, which are the more urbanized areas of KwaZulu-Natal. So your places like Eteguini, Richards Bay, Pochefs in Peter Maritzburg, um, and, 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 and so on. And uh, it, it lost a lot of ground to the EFF. The EFF grew fivefold in KZN from just about 57,000 votes in 2014 to over 350,000 votes mm. um, in, 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 in 2019. So it had a fivefold growth. Um, in those urban centers, that's where they really got a lot of their support with local government going into the northern part of KZN. But if you look at the by-elections, it seems as if the growth of the EFF in the northern part of KwaZulu-Natal has, has plateaued, if not declined. And therefore, probably the EFF will then focus back um, on those urban areas. And therefore, it's very difficult to say, Clement, what the ANC can do correctly uh, to win back uh, you know, those lost supporters, particularly... Uh, in metros like in Eteguini, where they need to be focusing on. Mm. But we all know the state of that city inspires very little confidence in the ANC itself. Yeah, and no matter how many heavyweights you send there, the reality on the ground is is the reality on the ground is not changing. Gabriel, let's talk about voter turnout um, and what the impact um, of that voter turnout will be on the finding. Because I think from your poll, you found that this will be a case, um, or is likely to be a case, if there is a 66% uh, voter turnout. If you look at uh, previously what voter turnout has been standing at, what are we likely to see uh, this year? And particularly in KwaZulu-Natal, are people fired up to really go out there and vote? Um, well, that's a very interesting question. Before I, before I answer that, um, I just have a quick answer to the question you posed to Lakona, mm-hmm. which is, I think the only thing that the ANC could do to gain last ground um, is to reverse all of the decisions it's taken and actually deliver services to the people of KwaZulu-Natal. Barring that, I think it's going to be virtually impossible for them to gain back any sort of legitimacy with the eyes of in the eyes of voters in KZN. Um, 
But I think in terms of voter turnout, um, we at uh, the Social Research Foundation generally work off the idea that um, you should use the existing information that you have to judge what is going to happen uh, in the future. And so voter turnout was about around 65, 66% um, in the country in the last election, which is why when we model uh, the results of our surveys, we we tend to model them at to a 66% uh, turnout model. I don't, I think that given the the wave of registrations and the high number of registrations that we've had throughout the country over the last few registration weekends, that, that might suggest to some that we would have a higher turnout. But to me, that suggests, in fact, we might even receive a lower turnout because we now have a higher number of voters on the voter roll. But I don't suspect and I don't have any reading from the questions that we pose to people about the likelihood of voting in the next election that there is such a, such a fire to go out there. I think that there is a, a lot of frustration, a lot of anguish about the state of the country, but those emotions don't really get people moving to the poll. You know, when I did, uh, when I did research for my thesis, for example, one of the things I looked into was the influence of corruption on, on elections. And what I found is that the more that people hear about corruption in an electorate, the less likely they are to come out and vote. Bad news stories, stories that make you kind of disappointed in the country, just suppress turnout. It's, it, it kind of builds a sense of apathy mm. within the, the voter base. And so I think li- you're likely to see a 60, between a 56 to 66% turnout. But what's interesting, at least to me, is that the numbers suggest that when it, on lower turnouts, when you look more to the 6% of turnout scenarios, NC vote share generally tends to go down because it's the ANC voters who become complacent or not necessarily, they don't necessarily want to come out and vote. They don't feel so fired up. Whereas opposition voters have signaled, at least in our surveys, that they are more likely to come out and vote whatever happens. And so we might be, what what might be a very stunning result is if we have a very, very low turnout in the 56% range, let's say, we might see a hugely dr- diminished ANC further than what we're even predicting now with opposition parties surging, just given the fact that ANC voters are you, are the ones that, that indicate they won't come out and vote generally. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fascinating. All right, it's 28 minutes after 11 o'clock. Uh, we're going to get the latest in eyewitness news headlines, but we also want to hear from you. You can join this conversation if you've got questions for Gabriel or Lukona, you can call us on 011-883-0702. Give us your thoughts on what impact you think the MK party will have on just the balance of power in KwaZulu-Natal and at the national level. As Lukona said, um, if there's a change in the balance of power in KwaZulu-Natal, there's definitely a change 
um, in the balance of power in at the national level. Good morning, Clement. Clement, for me, as a frustrated uh, South African, I see MK as a blessing in disguise because they going that they they have cut that whole loaf is now ANC. Whoever that the, whatever the part that is left is now a quarter. So, which means now we are seriously going to a coalition government. And for us as voters, I am very much happy. MK is a blessing in disguise. The Dialogue with Clement Mania-Taylor. It's not just another roundtable discussion. Let's walk the talk on 702. It's 25 before 12 o'clock on our Thursday Dialogue this morning. We are in conversation with Gabriel Macken, who is a, an associate at the Social Research Foundation. Uh, they have done this poll um, that finds that in the case of a 66% voter turnout, the NP, N- MK party, uh, which is backed by the former president Jacob Zuma, could win about 24% of the votes in KwaZulu-Natal. That's like slashing the ANC's electoral support in KwaZulu-Natal by half. Uh, Lukona Mguni is also joining us this hour. He's a political analyst. I want to hear from you what your thoughts are around the possibility that really the MK party could be a game changer, particularly in KwaZulu-Natal. You can give us a call, send us a WhatsApp voice note. Let's start with you, Maz, in Dibsloot. Uh, Dibkloof, what are your thoughts? Good morning. Uh, it's amazing that after not listening to you for such a long time, Clement, you're still the ANC bashing. But nevertheless, let, let, let's deal with a couple of things. In, internationally, especially on the continent, voter change in terms of demographics has met it takes about 50 years for people to really change their way of thinking. And that has not been counted for. If we look at number two, if we look at the number of um, by-elections in KZN, what the, your guest is saying does not tally up. It sounds as if now we're looking at one particular uh, area and then there's dissatisfaction in that particular area and then they're coming out with these uh, particular turnouts. Uh, in, in, in south of, uh, there have been three by-elections south of, of Durban, as opposed to Mpongola, which is northern, um, northern KZN. You've had a totally different, uh, what do you call, voter turnout. Oh, no, same voter turnout, but the results have been totally different. I, I just don't see how this is what you call. For me, the real test is not a phone teleconversation, uh, but it's to look at the by-elections what are they saying and what is the trend within the by-elections. With respect to uh, the MK party, just like the other three parties that have left the ANC, it is a normal thing that you look at them and to say, how sustainable are they in terms of in the long run? And in the long run, they become a non-factor, complete non-factor like COPE, UDM, etc. You see the vote, I mean, if you look at the EFF on its own, how it has performed across the country in by-elections compared to what they did in 2019. It clearly gives you that look to say, this party is actually not on the rise, it's not even stable and it's reducing. And my last point is, I think the real battleground is actually in the Western Cape, where we're about to see 
the DA being uh, uh, when I look at the, the the results, especially what happened in uh, Waterberg and um, and George uh, uh, overnight. The DA is losing power left, right, and centre, and somehow this is not seen as a major talking point um, um, yeah, amongst the what you call the so-called analysts. Thanks. Thank you, Mas, for calling us in deep cloth. Um, in fact, I, Marius Franzmann, the former ANC chairperson in the Western Cape, started a political party there as well. Uh, and then is it Dan, Don Plato, the, the former leader uh, of the DA there in the Western Cape? I think it was MMC or MAC at some point um, as well there has joined that, that party. Uh, let me put that question to you then, Gabriel. Um, is the factor here also going to be independent candidates? How much of that will somehow impact the dynamics in, in, in KwaZulu-Natal? Um, independent candidates, this, uh, I don't want to, and don't want to get into the realm of speculation. Um, you know, I think one of the, one of the critical mistakes that, um, as Muz said, us so-called analysts, uh, make is, to try and draw when we aren't, when we don't have data to try and draw from our personal opinion to give, to provide answers. My best guess, um, and this is by no means, um, a surefire thing is I don't think that independent candidates will be much of a factor in this election. I think that this election is going to turn on the results of the big, biggest five or six parties. Because the ANC will still, whatever happens, dominate the most significant po- portion of vote share. The DA will remain the, the biggest opposition party. And it will just be a question of who, what party brings the enough votes to come on as a coalition partner. Mm-hmm. For the ANC, and I don't think any independent candidate will garner near enough to be a significant factor in those discussions. Mm. Have you guys looked at the Western Cape? We have looked at the Western Cape. Um, it's slightly out of date. Um, I think that uh, to, to to kind of break down what um, your, the caller said was, I think that by-elections do serve a useful guide. But generally, they are very difficult to extrapolate the the national level politics mm. because by elections generally have very suppressed turnouts. Most of the time, they're under fifty percent of fifty uh, percent turnout, and it's very easy for parties to campaign on the strength of individuals um, within by elections. And so, if you have a particularly uh, popular ward candidate, he can go door to door in any given community Mm. and campaign for the party. Whereas when it comes to national levels, you don't have those same um, dynamics in which people can come door to door and tell you how they're going to directly improve your lives. And in terms of the Western Cape, what we've seen is that the DA's support is solid. Um, on the provincial level, they <clears throat> polled at just above 60%. On At the national level, they polled in the mid-50s. I think that there might be somewhat of a 
of a reduce that that number might be somewhat reduced given their stance in uh, the Israel Palestine conflict mm. and the prevalence of the of the Muslim population within the Western Cape. Mm. But we're actually going to be testing that very very theory in the next few weeks. So I'll have a much better answer for you then. Mm-hmm. Well, th- thank you. Uh, Lukona, there was also a question around the sustainability of um, the MK party. I mean, how do you, su- how, how far do you think they can sustain uh, this momentum that they seem to have now? Well, Clement, I think in the first instance, um, we are talking about the impact of the MK party in the upcoming election. In terms of future sustainability, that's uh, something that seems to frustrate the caller. Uh, nobody can can know what is going to what, what is going to happen. Um, Cope is still the biggest success story of a post-1994 first-time participant in an election. They got 1.3 million votes, uh, sent 30 members of parliament to uh, 30 members of parliament to Cape Town became the official opposition in five provinces. That's, that's the kind of thing we are looking at here. What kind of impact will MK have in the upcoming election? And that is not to say it's not important to talk about Western Cape, but I'm sure, Clement, you can organize another call for the Western Cape, which I think is a very curious, it's what I call a blind spot of this election. Mm. But, but nonetheless, uh, the MK stands tall on the stature of former President Jacob Zuma. That's just the long and short of it. So what happens to MK if something happens to former President Zuma? Uh, Nobody knows. I mean, we've already started seeing uh, some squabbling happening between the youth and the student uh, wing there, people trying to fire and counter-fire the other. (laughs) Um, uh, Typical, you know, of, of, of politics anyway. So the point, though, that I want us not to detract from, and I said this earlier in this call, which maybe your your caller might not have uh, gotten, is that will MK be successful in doing market segmentation? So yes, there may well be a by-election in Etiaguini, and MK just decides not to contest because in terms of the segmentation of its market, it knows that it's not going to get votes from there. Mm. But will they be harmful in the Zululand district for the ANC? And that's what they need to gain. The Zululand district, I think, is the second biggest district after Etiaguini in terms of voter population. So the issue here is not where you find MK, is about where is about how will it perform where it chooses to concentrate in terms of its voter share and voter focus. So there's no doubt that there are people who are exceedingly irritated by MK because it has become something that's resuscitating what was a political career gone into the twilight of the former president, Jacob Zuma. But whatever we think of former president, Jacob Zuma, is neither here nor there. The truth is that he's bringing some energy into the campaign of the MK party. He's bringing some standing into the campaign of the MK party. Uh, some of the actual motorcades I've seen of the MK party that have been successful and quite remarkable have been in Etiwini in communities like Katomen around Mayville and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Umlazi, they did the event uh, uh, earlier this week and so on. So I'm just trying to say, Clement, when, when we look at these things, it's not about what we think or what we believe. It's about what the trends are telling us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, it, 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 it's not just because we focus on the Pongolo, but we're saying, 
what does it tell you? I mean, the ANC gets shaken at Ward 1 in Etiagwini, Kwatlimba. They go there and they do an activation that they probably had not planned to do. And then the next day, MK does another activation just to solidify its place there. So there is no doubt that at least at a political level, the ANC uh, accepts the potential political threat that MK is posing in this 2024 election. What happens in 2026 and 2029, I think really uh, no one in the ANC cares an inch about that. They care about what happens when the president declares when elections will be next week. Mm. What happens on that date, he will announce. And I'm sure that the, the announcement of that date has serious considerations of trying to game how you make sure that MK does not pose an even bigger threat than it might already do to the ANC. Yeah. Gabriel, before I go to to the calls, you also, I think, did a, uh, you, you did a report on the popularity of, of the former president in KwaZulu-Natal. What was his favorability scoring in the province? His, so in September of uh, last year, his favorability score was 63%. Um, which is the, not only is it makes him the most popular political figure in KZN, but that is the highest score I've ever seen in all of the surveys that we've done for any political figure. The only mm. person who's come close to that was Tabo Mbeki on the national level, but he mm. gets favorability scores about 57%. Um, and so he, Jacob Zuma is, is, in within KwaZulu Natal, I mean, just to, to, to highlight this very quickly, we had another question in the same survey, which we asked people, um, which president do you think has been the best for KwaZulu Natal? And amongst all voters, uh, Nelson Mandela was the most, um, was seen as the best president, but then it was Jacob Zuma following quickly behind. Amongst black voters in KwaZulu, KwaZulu Natal, Jacob Zunema and Nelson Mandela received the same score. That, I think, is an indication of just how immensely popular he is in his home province. Hmm. Let's go to Nkosinati, who's calling us from Soweto. Nkosinati, good morning. <coughs> good morning, Mr. Manyatela. Sure, sure. Go ahead. How, how you, uh, yes, yes. Uh, thank you uh, so much for, uh, for, for taking me. Uh, hmm. Greetings to all the listeners of 702 and your important guest. Uh, my comment uh, was say, uh, Mr. Manyatela and your guest, and your, your important guest, if the MK can, uh, if the MK can focus, uh, can put the needs of the disabled people, especially in Wasul Nadal, definitely so. MK can win that, uh, can be able to win that province. And, uh, another thing, uh, if we look, uh, if we look at Eastern Cape, uh, and also in, in, in the Eastern Cape, uh, MK can win that province if they put, uh, or if they put forward the needs of the disabled people. Because look at, uh, in Matatian, uh, in Matatiel and the disabled people uh, are not getting services, are not treated well in that province, yeah, mm. especially in Eastern Cape. Uh, so that's what, that was your comment, man, mm. Mr. Manyakela, and your guest. Thank you for if, the contribution. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, thank you for the contribution, Kosinati, um, in Soweto.
Hi, Clement. This is Buipilo Lugwani uh, in Pretoria. Um, I have to agree with the lady that just spoke. The MK coming into the radar is a blessing in disguise. I think that I've come to realize that the ANC will only fall at its own sword. And yeah, you know, and the loyalty is so entrenched and so personality based. So to your question of what the ANC can do to win back the votes that they, they are losing to the MK, the only thing that they can do at this point is to get Zuma back, which is so, so, so impossible. Um, Zuma is a very strategic man. He's a very tactical man and he's a very emotional man. So he's very bitter. He's very bitter right now um, that he was suspended or yes, ousted from the ANC. He's very bitter and yeah, and other issues, you know, during his presidency, you know, maybe the ANC not having his back, etc., etc. So you best believe that he's not coming back. Good morning, Clement. I see nothing different with Jacob Zuma's party. I was looking at the result of the by election in two municipalities. One, they got 20, 28%, 36 IFP, and I think the ANC got around 34%. The second one, in Newcastle, they got nothing. Let them feel the Moses Mabita like everyone else if we need to take them serious. MK party is just a hot ass. Fiso and Richard Spade. Hi, uh, good day, Clement. I think the MK are going to benefit a lot from the ANC because Zuma's strategy is tailored to recruit members from the ANC by saying, I'm not against the ANC, but I'm against the current leadership. So, which means that those who are against the current leadership are going to vote for Jacob Zuma. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for your WhatsApp voice notes. Some texts coming through as well. Clement, the MK is just a Zuma's way of getting back on the gravy train. He can't get back uh, using the ANC platform. He lost his place um, in the queue. That's a message in the queue, a message from Anonymous. And then another one says, Clement, the ANC will not have to form any coalition. They will simply merge with MK and voila, they're back in power. That's very clever um, of the ANC. Um, another one says, um, Clement, the ANC has always wanted this to be a plan. Uh, they wanted Zuma to go start another political party, acting like they are fighting when they know that they want to get into coalition together at some point. Here's the last what's a voice note. Good morning, Clement. Um, Clement, I don't think that MK will only take votes from the ANC. I think they might as well take votes from the EFF. Um, I don't know what your guests think about that. Thank you, Mtunzi. Uh, Lukona, so as, as we wrap up the conversation, I'm, I'm wondering here what, what happens with, does then Jacob Zuma become the face of the campaign for the MK? Because you indicated um, earlier about the MK party and its association with Jacob Zuma, or was it another caller who said that's really the story and the reason for success? I'm of this political party. So what happens to the MK party if there is no Jacob Zuma? Does he become the face of the campaign? No, certainly he is the face of the campaign already, uh, Clement. That is why all uh, 
uh, regalia and much of the campaign collateral uh, bears his face uh, because as uh, Gabriel is saying and as one of your your callers uh, on the voice note uh, is alluding. Uh, former President Jacob Zuma is quite popular with, with people for, for a number of reasons. As I, and I mean, uh, some because he's a charmer. Uh, I once did a research study and one respondent uh, said to me uh, when I asked her uh, what comes to mind when I say Jacob Zuma, she said, uh, the man. Mm. And he, he is the man. Um, and, and so, I mean, he carries a great deal of popularity and therefore strategically for the MK party, uh, he'll remain the face and could also be the face that they put on the ballot paper, in actual mm-hmm. fact, uh, for that matter, Clement. So um, uh, that, that, that's a short, depending on when the election is, if it is in May, that is uh, less than 100 days to an election. For a short runway, they'll use his name and popularity. Uh, the question mm-hmm. of how does the MK structure itself post a Jacob Zuma, mm-hmm. it probably is going to be a very messy a kind of thing, but what is at at core here is does the MK manage to hold the little uh, support and whatever credibility it is building for itself with some voters, uh, does it hold it enough and there's nothing scandalous that comes from their universe uh, right into election day. Of course, you know that the ANC will also be before the electoral court in March trying Mm -hmm. to strip the MK party of the name of Kondoesis party as well. Yep, and that may change the dynamics. Uh, Gabriel, uh, when we look at what you guys, the, the survey you've done, the poll you've done um, in, in Gozulu Natal, what does it signal at a national level when it comes to, to this party? <clears throat> well, our current estimate is that for every 5% you get in Gozulu Natal, you get 1% in the National Assembly. And so... All things being equal and assuming that we have gotten it right, which is a big assumption, but the MK party, just on their results in KwaZulu-Natal, could already be looking at between 4 to 6% in the National Assembly, which is between anywhere between 16 to 24 seats. If we add a few percentage points from um, around the country, the other provinces, the MK could mm. be looking at a national result of maybe even 7 to 8%, mm. which is a huge, sure. huge result. Yeah, my goodness. All right, Gabriel, thank you so much for making time. Gabriel Macon, associate at the Social Research Foundation, and Lukwana Mguni, who's a political analyst. It's three minutes before 12. Real clients, really awesome service. Here's Ayanda. My aunt passed on last year. I called out insurance. Within 24 hours, my money was in the bank. Normally with other companies, it drags out. Insurance is the best. They're always interested in sorting out your problem quickly and smoothly. Isn't it time you got more from your insurer? SMS cover to 33061 now. Outsurance, licensed insurer and